0: This is Mind Speak. Everything you thought you knew about health is about to be turned on its head. I'm Holly Higgins, a nutritional therapy practitioner, and I'm here to show you how your mind can heal your body, your body can heal your mind, and no matter what you've been told, you are in the driver's seat of your life. Let's go. Welcome back to the show and thank you for helping me make my dreams come true. I'm getting so many awesome reviews rolling in. I want to take a minute to acknowledge you guys. Robert, well, hold on. I'm looking for Robert's review. Robert says, I have an awesome stoner basement voice that is hilarious and I always find a way to talk about poop. (laughs) Thank you, Robert. (laughs) <laughs> that made me smile so much. Um a left a review, and she likes that I swear. I think I need to swear on this podcast more. I, try, I, I swear a lot in real life, just so you know. I try to tone it down, um, thinking maybe I don't want to do that anymore. Stay tuned. Darby left a review and said, Thank you, Holly, for making me laugh out loud in my car driving and eating lunch. Thank you, Darby. And I don't know who this is, but her screen name is Sparkly AF, and she says she appreciates the whole body, whole life, health approach, and I appreciate you, and your review made me feel Sparkly AF, so... Thank you, guys. If you haven't left a rating or a review yet, now's the time to help me meet my goal of 100 reviews by mid-April. It helps the show, helps me keep the content going. So if you can go click the little stars or leave some words to help other people understand what the show's about and why they might want to listen to it, I would appreciate it very, very much. But on to today's episode, you can think of this as the part two from episode number 21, the number one thought that keeps you stuck. You don't have to listen to episode 21 first in order to get something from this podcast. It's totally not necessary, but I'm continuing the conversation From that episode. So, the question I got is if we're driving to metaphorical California, if we are working on our goals, and the number one thing that we need to do to achieve our goals is to keep going, to keep driving down the road with just utmost faith and perseverance, how do we know when we might need to stop driving, when we're on the wrong road, when we're on the wrong path? what if we just keep driving and we're going down the wrong road? Are you telling me that I should just keep driving indefinitely and forever, Holly? No, I am not. So like I said in episode 21, the biggest thing that gets in the way of people achieving their goals is they don't have persistence, patience, and perseverance. They want things to happen fast. And the thought that they have that this isn't happening fast enough, this should be happening faster, is ultimately what derails them and sends them back to square one. But not every approach is going to be right for you. Not every path is going to be right for you. Not every road is going to be right for you. There are going to be cases when you need to turn around your car and you need to exit the freeway, and you need to find a different path because perhaps the path you're on truly isn't working for you, and you need to find a new path. But the question becomes, when do you make that decision? When do you give up on a path you're on and decide to try a new path? And when do you make the decision or when do you have the discernment of like, you know what, I should stick on this path a little longer. I should give it a fair shot. That's a really good question and a really interesting question. And that's what we're going to dive into today. When is it appropriate to to get off the path? Not to give up on yourself, but to try a new approach. I'm going to give you some guidelines to help make that decision for yourself. But before we talk about that, I want to talk a little bit more in depth about shiny Object syndrome. You could also call this squirrel syndrome. (laughs) This is when you're trying to do something, you pick something out, you pick out a plan to help you achieve your goal, and then as soon as you kind of halfway commit to that plan, You see this other plan that you think might be a better idea, and then you just spend forever in research mode, constantly having FOMO about what everybody else is doing, and maybe it's better than the thing that you're doing, and this thing will just completely take you off the path. Shiny object syndrome is more prevalent and more concerning than adrenal fatigue, thyroid disorders, digestive distress we've really got to talk about shiny object syndrome. And if this starts to sound preachy or luxury or like I'm talking down to you, <laughs> the only reason that I'm able to talk about this is because I've experienced a lot of shiny object syndrome myself, so I'm very familiar with it. So I'm not talking to you from a place of like, you suck because you have shiny, shiny object syndrome. I'm talking to you from a place of like, hey, I've dealt with shiny object syndrome, too. Let's get to the root of it together. Because nobody ever wakes up and says, you know, I don't really want to improve my life or my health today. Instead, I think I'm just going to screw myself over. I think I'm going to take 10 steps backwards today. Most of us don't ever have the intention of screwing ourselves over or quote-unquote self-sabotaging or taking 10 steps backwards. We always have the best of intentions. And these good intentions are actually why we become so obsessed with our goals in the first place. If you have a fire in your belly to get healthier or to get out of debt or to make strides in your career or maybe deepen your spirituality. That's where you place your intention and then your goal becomes your number one focus. You get really excited about it and you spend every second of your free time figuring out, okay, how am I going to achieve this goal? And maybe you immerse yourself in blogs or books or podcasts or you sign up for 15 different free downloads from 15 different gurus. None of you have ever done that, right? Like start researching something and then sign up for everybody's newsletter on that thing. And then suddenly you have 74,000 emails. You've never done that, right? Me neither. Don't worry. And (laughs) maybe you get really serious and you even hire a coach and you feel super committed. You're doing this thing. But here's the thing the thing that you're doing whatever it is it takes real work the the day after day small little actions the the boring stuff the unsexy stuff the commitment the routine and maybe that work looks like cooking your own food or creating a budget and actually sticking to it or going to a networking event even though you hate networking events or um I'll share something personal Personal with you. I just signed up for a time management program that's going to require me to plan out my entire week and stick to it no matter what. <laughs> I want to barf right now. <laughs> I'm going to try it and prove to myself that I can't die, but what that's going to require me to do... The big sexy thing that I'm excited about is like, I'll have more free time and I'll be more intentional with my time. And I I won't always feel like I'm behind the eight ball. And I'll have the thrill of doing what I said I was going to do when I said I was going to do it, like honoring that self-integrity for myself. But the hard, dirty, boring work that I have to do is I have to sit down and I have to make that calendar every week and then I have to actually stick to it even when I'm tired and fussy and (laughs) I feel like putting it off till the next day. That's the boring part. And here's where the self-sabotage can come in for a lot of us. Instead of just doing the thing that we were once so excited about, we have a tendency to stay in information consumption mode. So what that means is that we spend way more time absorbing information than we do actually working toward the goal. Because when we're just absorbing information or researching, we get to stay in sexy, fun, fantasy land where we just think about how amazing the outcome is going to be. And, you know, we want to make sure we make the right decision. So we spend a lot of time uh, deciding which path we should get on. And that's the easy part. That is the easy part. The hard part is actually sticking to whatever it is that you pick. So what we tend to do is we tend to buy more books or listen to more podcasts. No shame if you're listening to my podcast. Please don't stop listening to my podcast. (laughs) We sign up for more webinars. We consume, we consume, we consume. And we have every intention of doing this thing, whatever this thing is that we're going to do. We really, really have this intention, but we tell ourselves, oh, I just want to make sure I'm doing it right. And what that secretly means is you want to make sure you know how to do it as well as the experts before you even leave the house. You want to master the skill before you even try it. And I know how that goes because I'm also a perfectionist trying to recover. And then it happens. Along comes the shiny object. And here's what I'm talking about. Here's a few examples for you. Let's say you've been really serious about trying a paleo diet to reverse stubborn health issues, and you've been researching recipes like crazy, maybe you made a meal plan and a shopping list, but then you watched a vegan documentary on Netflix, and suddenly you are questioning everything you thought you knew about health and nutrition. It's all so confusing. What should I commit to? Should I be paleo? Should I be vegan? Ugh this is really stressful. I need to go eat some Doritos. Those are vegan, right? Or another example for you. Let's talk finances. Let's say that you sign up for a Dave Ramsey seminar and you start using all of Dave's financial tools, but then your friend tells you that Susie Orman is way better and Dave is a crock. And so even though you were doing well with Dave's plan and you were making progress, you're like, oh, man, she said Dave was a crock. I better go check out this Susie Orman person. So you ditch Dave, and then you go over to Amazon and buy a copy of Susie's book instead, which is turning the car around. You turned the car around. Or if we think about me right now committing to this time management program that I signed up for, um, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'm getting a serious case of shiny object syndrome about this right now because I'm having these like intrusive thoughts of like, well, maybe this isn't right for me and and maybe this isn't good for my personality type and maybe this doesn't fit with my human design and uh, may- maybe I shouldn't have committed to this. Maybe it was a bad idea. All of those thoughts are going through my head right now, but I'm choosing to ignore every single one of them. Because I know how this song and dance goes, and I have not given this time management program a fair shot, so I need to suck it up, buttercup, and I have given myself – I'm holding myself to the fire. I'm going to say it here on the podcast, so no, I really can't go back. I'm going to try this process out for 90 days, three months, which is what – it's Brooke Castillo's time management program, uh, Monday, hour one. And she actually said in Monday Hour 1, you're going to hate this and you need to commit to it for a minimum of 90 days or else it's not going to work for you. So I'm committing to it for a minimum of 90 days because I need to give this thing a fair shot. If I do it for 90 days and I do it like how I'm supposed to do it and it sucks for me and it's not a good process for me and my life isn't improved, then I can go pick another path. I can... I can try to figure out something else out with my time management, but damn it, I said I was going to do this and so I'm doing it. With all of those examples in mind, do you start to see the pattern here? So instead of choosing something and committing to it and actually giving it a fair shot, what we tend to do is we let FOMO, fear of missing out, if you're not hip on the acronyms, Well, with the kids these days, (laughs) we let FOMO and perfectionism take over. And it's for for a lot of reasons. I want to do an episode soon talking about what really lies behind self-sabotage, because I actually have kind of grown to hate that phrase. There can be some really, really deep, um, profound subconscious roadblocks going on where our body and our mind are literally trying to keep us safe and they think they're doing the best job possible. But I'm not going to go there in this episode. I'll save that for a future episode. A big reason that we self-sabotage or we get deep into the waters of shiny object syndrome though is because that we're wor- we're worried about not doing something perfectly. And if we can't do something perfect, why ever bother dipping our toe in the water? And then right when we're about to decide to dip our toe in the water, hey, shiny object. And then, you know, your eyes are on a completely different swimming pool. So like I alluded to at the beginning of this episode, we, it's not that we can't ever change our minds or decide that a different approach might be better for us. Because like I said, it very might well be. This time management program that I signed up for, it might suck. It might not work for me. But the problem and the self-sabotage comes when we get stuck in that information consumption mode and we let analysis paralysis take over. Because the fact is, You can consume information all day long, but until you actually take action on that information and stick with it long enough to notice a difference, nothing, and I mean nothing, will ever pan out in the way that you hope it will. It's totally possible to stay stuck on the hamster wheel of information consumption and half-hearted attempts and overwhelm forever. What was that movie in the 90s, The Sandlot? Do you remember that? Forever. (laughs) And a lot of people do. And this is why nothing ever works for them because they've never really tried anything. They've only half tried a lot of things. And you want to know the worst part about all of this? This is the worst of all. When you consume information like it's your full-time job, you trick your brain into thinking that you're trying really hard because you put a lot of time and effort into absorbing information. And so it really feels like you're doing something. It really feels like you're trying. But, tough love, you're not. You're consuming information. The only thing that you're doing is getting smart on the sidelines And in this case, information is actually the enemy of achievement. Think about it this way, going back to the car analogy and the roads and the paths and all of these wonderful travel metaphors. If your goal requires you to drive down a 10-mile road, you've got to stay on that 10-mile road. Turning around at mile one and choosing a different path is why you never get anywhere Even though you are doing a ton of driving, you're like, I'm always driving my car. Why am I not going anywhere? It's because you keep turning the car around. So if you're stuck in this loop, first of all, what can you do about it? And second of all, when do you know it's a good time to turn the car around and pursue a different path? When can you ultimately make the call, hey, this road that I've been traveling is not for me. That sounds like a really sad country song. <laughs> okay, so step one, I'm going to give you a five-step process. Maybe I should do this as a free download so you can download it <laughs> and decide if you actually want to do it. And then you can go download somebody else's process. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting a little too crazy. Okay, so step one is forgive yourself and decide that you can change or be open to the idea that maybe perhaps possibly one day you can change. Just consider it. It's totally possible. So forgiving yourself is important because this habit isn't your fault. We live in a really noisy culture of information overload where everybody has an agenda and a message to spread and it becomes really, really hard to hear yourself your intuitive nudges, all of that, it becomes really hard to hear yourself, let alone trust yourself. I think it's actually a miracle that any of us are capable of making decisions these days. So forgive yourself. Acknowledge that you've self-sabotaged or you've been stuck in information consumption mode countless times. Let that ish go. And decide that you are capable of change because you are. Step two is where it gets harder. <laughs> Step two is to give yourself a time limit for research. So it's true. You do, need, you do need to research. You need solid information in order to reach your goals. You need to perhaps pick the right person or process to work with. Because it's not a good idea to just blindly... DIY most things. If you if you decide, "Hey, I'm going to retile my bathroom," and you've never retiled a bathroom, you're going to want to watch some YouTube videos and read some articles and <laughs> maybe have Uncle Ted come over and show you how. You're not just going to de- make up how to tile your bathroom. The problem is when you become addicted to information and afraid to take action. Well, I've been reading articles about tiling my bathroom for 7 years and I still haven't retiled my bathroom. You get the point. So, you have to give yourself a time limit to research the possibilities for your situation. You say, "Okay, I need to do this thing. I I need to research about it. So, I'm going to give myself a deadline." And maybe that's 5 days or two weeks, or three months, whatever it is that you need based on the situation. But when time's up, time's up. The timer dings. You have to pick something, and you have to move forward with it. You have to make a decision about what you're going to do and stick with it. I was really, I caught myself doing this. I was really waffling on, am I going to do this time management program, or am I not going to do it? And I realized that I had been eyeing it for two weeks and not making a decision. And so, and, and I was looking at other time management strategies. And, and uh, one day I just said, I sat down, I said, "Eff it. This is the one I'm doing. I'm moving forward. And now I'm at that stage where I want to barf, but I'm not going to die. Okay. So you've given yourself a time limit for research. You have decided that ahead of time. You have to decide that ahead of time because if you don't, you're just going to keep changing it. Number three, this one might be hard if you're addicted to information. (laughs) Number three is turn off the information faucet. So as soon as you've made your decision, stop paying attention to anything that could make you second guess yourself stop it with the comparison, stop it with the FOMO, stop it with the, well, maybe that other thing over there might be better. Um, I had to do this with time management. I was like following a few people about time management and looking into different things. And I had to just tell my brain and, you know, unfollow or whatever I had to do. I had to tell my brain, this is what we're doing now. So I'm going to ignore anybody else who's talking about this. So what this might mean, depending on your scenario, this might mean unfollowing any distracting experts on Facebook or Instagram and unsubscribing from their email newsletters while you're at it. Stay out of certain areas of the bookstore. (laughs) If you're on a nutrition plan, you don't need to go read about all the other nutrition plans. You just need to stick to your nutrition plan. Um, Don't watch documentaries that contradict your approach. If you're, if you're in that precious phase of like, I just started this thing and I'm trying to stick to it. It's good to be well educated and well-rounded and, and listen to opinions that, you know, are outside of what you believe in. I'm not saying anything regarding that. What I'm saying is, if you're fresh and new to a commitment, stop watching conflicting documentaries. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me, what do you think about what the health? Okay, I'm going on a rant now. <laughs> um, so you have to go on an information fast, and the only information that you should consume is the advice that you've made a conscious and deliberate decision to follow. This is for your own good. And then step four is go all in for a minimum of 30 days or a minimum of whatever. A minimum of you have to decide ahead of time. So just like you had to decide ahead of time What was the time limit that you were going to give yourself for research? You also have to decide ahead of time, what's the minimum baseline that I need to stick with this thing to determine if it's effective for me? This time management program that I've just joined, I said minimum of three months, minimum of 90 days. I don't get to bitch and complain about this until 90 days are up. If you're doing some sort of nutrition protocol, 30 days is often a really good rule of thumb to assess whether or not it's working for you. It really depends on whatever the thing is that you've committed to. But in order to fairly assess if something works, you need to give it everything you've got for that duration of time that you've decided ahead of time. Because what happens is you say... I'm doing this for a lifestyle change. I want to change my life. This is going to be permanent. I'm in this for a lifestyle change. And then on day four, you say, I don't think this is working. (laughs) We're funny as humans, aren't we? And this is when things get really hard because this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is where you actually have to do the work. And one of my favorite approaches for this, um, you're probably familiar with it Mel Robbins's five second rule. Um, she has a book about the five second rule, TED Talks about the five second rule. And basically, you just say five, four, three, two, one, and then you have to do the thing. It's incredibly simple. And step five stay focused on your goal but evaluate and adjust your approach as necessary. And here's where we get to the part about when do I get to decide if I should quit? When do I get to decide if this road that I'm traveling isn't actually the road that I'm supposed to be on? What if I'm supposed to be on another road, man? So here's how you decide that. If you went all in... What I mean by all-in is you actually did the things, you were totally or mostly committed, you gave it a scout's effort or whatever it's called. If you went all-in on your two-week or 30-day or 60-day or 90-day experiment and the results were lackluster, don't fret, don't freak out, that's when it's time to pick a new approach because you gave that one a fair shot. And if you truly give something a fair shot, and you have to be honest with yourself about that, did you actually give it a fair shot, and it doesn't work for you, you basically just start this process over again with a new thing. And that's okay. You don't have to beat yourself up if something doesn't work for you, because not everything is a surefire solution. If I get to the end of this 90 days of this time management program, and it doesn't work for me... I know I'll at least be able to say I was proud of myself for trying. There's been a lot of things in my life that I've done that haven't really worked out. And I still get to say I'm proud of myself for trying because I could have not tried. It goes back to that quote that I shared on last week's episode. I'd rather have a life full of oh wells than a life full of what ifs. So if something doesn't work for you, you just go back up to the top of the list, you pick a new goal, or you pick a new road to drive on, and then you drive on that road with the same criteria. But here's the thing, if you research your options, and you trust your gut, and you pick something, and then you actually stick with that approach without distraction for 30 days, however long, chances are, You're gonna see results because you actually put in the effort and you actually did the thing. So put on your blinders, stick with it, have dogged determination, and don't let any guru, myself included, tell you that you're doing it wrong. Cause that's another thing that I've noticed in this age of information overwhelm and everybody having having an agenda and having a message is that a lot of experts will pitch themselves against each other and that's where you see the pendulum swing and people saying the polar opposites I mean just in the case of nutrition um you know if you're eating a paleo approach, the vegan people come out with their knives and and vice versa and when you've decided to commit to something, really be mindful of not falling prey to that predatory, my way is the only right approach sort of marketing, because it's really toxic. That's all I've got for you this week. If you want to dive a little bit deeper on the topic of self-sabotage as it relates to deeper subconscious beliefs. I've got a free download for you. (laughs) And I know I just spent this episode making fun of free downloads and telling you that you should ignore free downloads and just commit to something and just do something. So with all of that being said, this free download's pretty darn good. (laughs) So you could go to MindSpeakPodcast.com forward slash sabotage It's also linked up in the show notes. Um, Aside from the really practical things that I talked about today, this gets into some of the deeper reasons, emotional reasons, trauma, all of that sort of stuff of why we find ourselves constantly turning that car around and not committing to the path of California. So go check that that out if you're interested. And until next week, you know the drill. Go believe in you, I do.